Well, damn. It's your boy, Jackie Demix. Welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. I haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a solo episode of Off the Record Podcast. You know, I've been really thinking about what I should be doing with this podcast recently. Just because when I first imagined it to be, it was supposed to be like a Bilber Monday morning um, like his Monday morning podcast. And um, that podcast, he just kind of sits there. He talks to himself. He basically just kind of rants and raves, but he gives jokes along the way. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that type of style of podcasting because I built my whole career off never really enjoying sitting down with people. The only reason why I ever sat down with people at all was basically just because people got tired or I, I don't want to say people got tired, but people want to see me get challenged. Right. So, you know, I can make great points and I could like put out the the opinions of mine. But if they're never challenged, we're basically going to be in an echo chamber. It's going to be in a vacuum. Right. Also, sometimes people like to see people who they like get some pushback. So I go on everyday struggle and later on and subsequently do start doing more and, and more interviews. But when I came to, um, the realization I was going to do a podcast, I didn't want to be the guy who was trying to do a bunch of interviews. I also didn't necessarily feel that there was organically um, a great number of creators around me that I could just like, you know, just start a podcast with. So I really said, yo, do it yourself. And, um, you know, being very honest and transparent, um, I do a million things these days. And when I mean a million, I mean a million. Okay. And um, I've been a little bit inconsistent on the podcast recently. And a lot of that is because we got into a mode of trying to chase and schedule with guests. So, for example, you guys should have got an episode uh, on Monday, but then a guest canceled or we shot late and now it needs to be edited, all that type of stuff. And I've just got to realize, man, it, it's making me feel as frustrated as I once felt when... I didn't want to do guest-based episodes anymore. So, I'm kind of going to go back to doing me, man. Um, I'm going to start using this podcast as my personal diary. You know, I'm going to try to keep it way more consistent. But, you know, just get on camera. Um, whether it's, you know, this set. You know, I got another set at my house. And also, I got three sets uh, at our off-the-record studios. Just get on camera just kind of vent to y'all. Okay? rant to y'all tell y'all what my opinions are about whatever gonna be scatterbrained but it is what it is all right i feel like i go viral and people talk about me for hot takes but when you watch off the record a lot of people just watching me ask questions and just having fun with like a guest and people want me to give my opinion so fuck it here we go all right uh definitely i want to hear what you guys think about that but you know i, I think this is the more, most comfortable thing for me at this point so I woke up and I looked at TMZ today, and I guess I'm back in the news, okay? Now, if you guys don't know, um, J. Cole did an interview recently, and the interview that he did, he did with, like, Bob Myers. Now, you know, I don't want to sound ignorant, and uh, the great thing about me streaming on, on this um, thing right here is I could pull clips up. Uh, I don't want to sound ignorant, but I don't even know who this guy, guy Bob Myers is. So, pretty much, I you know, I was on my stream, and... I was kind of watching and trying to react to it, but I I really just didn't feel it. You know what I mean? I'm kind of sick of, like, rappers. See, J. Cole, Bob Myers. I'm really sick of rappers just literally going and sitting down with people outside the culture 
uh, to really just not talk about the elephant in the room, talk about the, the, the things we care about, the conversations we want to have as a culture. And I've seen a lot of people take that because this is the interview here. Um, TMZ Hip Hop ran it. TMZ Hip Hop. And, you know, they ran it saying I went off. They're like academics went, went went off and went crazy and and basically was getting everybody, uh, getting at the big rappers of the world. And I don't really care how they clickbait certain things like this. Can I find the article? Let me just search my name. I don't really care about what people said about me necessarily, but a lot of people are getting the narrative wrong, Okay. What I was basically saying is that interviews like this with J. Cole, where he's literally sitting down with somebody outside the culture, you have to try to help me understand what his goal is. I just don't like when people that have thrived off of platforms, off of people, off of personnel, media personalities, bloggers, journalists, writers of any sort, um, they have used those people to build a career, and once they feel like they, there's no more use for those people, the only people they want to sit down with or extend their platform, which is usually exponentially bigger than the platforms of the people who helped them get to that point, the only person they want to sit down with is somebody that's not in the culture, okay? They want to go have these, these, these crossover talks, which I'm not knocking it because everybody wants to keep growing, and you should look for other audiences, but usually it's at the uh, expense and, you know, it's it's then it causes that um, that gap between the people who help you build there who now really do have some questions for you but can't get to ask you questions because you've separated yourself from the culture. And the only time we can hear you talk about anything about music or anything about rap is when we have to watch ESPN with you sitting down with Bob Myers. I just think that's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say scummy, but it, it, I kind of look down on it. I just, just being honest. Now, some people are really thinking this is me. Yo, act. Yo, I see what's up with you. Like, yo, you just want to get an interview with Jacob. I could care less. Like I've, I told you, this is the reason why I'm doing this podcast today. This is the reason why I'm, I'm actually saying how I'm gonna be moving forward with this podcast. You're gonna be watching for the majority of the time a solo pod. And the reason why I'm saying that is literally because. I built myself or I built my brand primarily, no matter what you might say about me, I built it not by who I sat next to or who I talked to. Yes, I definitely built it about who I talked about, but I built it by, hey, if I can't talk to you, I'll talk about you. Never needed somebody to sit next to me. Never needed to go chase the interviews. Never needed someone to validate the platform in that type of sense. So I'm not talking about me, myself personally, when I'm talking about you know, um, people, and by the way, here's the thing too. While, while, you know, there was a lot of like comments saying, oh, Ak wants interviews. This and no, 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 no. I'm speaking for the journalists, bloggers, media personalities who tell me these same stories and I keep hearing it regurgitated from 10 other dudes. A lot of them are older than me. Nigga, I was in college when J. Cole was on. I never helped him really get to where he's at. I don't think he owes me shit, neither do Drake, nor Kendrick either, by the way. But there, but as I talk to journalists and other people that are behind the scenes and people who have, yo, like, you know, people tell me, there's, yo, I did his first interview here. Yo, I flew out to Fayetteville to do this and blah, blah, and I did this and I, whatever, whatever, whatever. And everybody, you know, 
they feel away. They're they're talking to me like, damn, yeah, yeah, he's 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 not accessible anymore. Yeah, it don't seem like he fuck with us no more. And it's not only just uh, um J Cole. Let me not just put it on him. It's the majority of rappers who get to a certain point. They use hip hop platforms. Like you'll see them all over the place. They're usually like bird shit when they're coming up. They're everywhere. They get to a certain point, and um, all of a sudden, the audience they seem to want to please is a crossover audience, or it seems like they're running from real conversations. You know, I listen to this whole little holistic, like, kumbaya. They might as well just light a fucking incense in the fucking room, and you know what I mean, and doing some like some shit like this. Like, what are they talking about? It's not talking about shit. Now, y'all might be like, yo, act, you just messy. You want to hear some drama, some bullshit. J. Cole ain't finna give you that. That's not, again... Maybe, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit transparent. Maybe, right? But I just personally think that's not what I'm necessarily aiming for. I'm saying this motherfucker and the other motherfuckers at the top, Drake and the likes. Like, for example, let me even talk about my guy, Drake. And I'm the guy who I've communicated with Drake. I, told, I tell Drake, like, yo, oh, you're dropping the album. Yo, you got to do an interview. I don't say do it with me. You got to do Culturally, we want it's always been historically that culturally we've been a little bit we've been a little bit in tune with the artists. It's crazy to think. Usually, here's the thing. The, the thought is as an artist gets further in the industry or the more time they spend making music, you know them more. So they kind of fall back more to try to create some type of distance and a little bit of mystique because mystique is definitely important to sell. That's very good, and that's very important. And I'm not saying that you should be doing, like, 55 million interviews or whatever. It's not necessarily about interviews. It's, it's definitely about, like, you know what I mean, interacting with the culture. As I've felt that some of these artists have grown, I feel like I know them less. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know what they do. You know what I mean? I mean, they just seem kind of distant from the culture. And um, that's probably just a personal gripe of mine just because I'm, I'm used to seeing some of the greats always, you know, be very in tune and communicating and kind of like it felt like it was a it was a very interactive situation with like a lot of hip-hop greats and a lot of times now what we're seeing with these guys they just seem detached in a form of shell of their, themselves and that's you know i'm you know he was very honest in this interview by the way to recap it like he said yo i don't look at myself as the leader of no new school at this point or no leader of the new generation like, and I think he's right. He's detached. You know what I mean? Like, his passion is basketball. Like, and maybe that's why he's on ESPN, because I don't give a fuck about him. Like, yo, the nigga's a corner specialist that comes off the bench. Like, you know what I mean? The 12th man on in a Ghanaian league. Like, I'm sorry to say, right? Like, you're, you're one of the top five best rappers right now, but you'd rather go play basketball as a 12th man coming off the bench shooting corner threes. Go ahead, brother. That's your thing. But, you know, um... I do think this hip hop culture is given a lot to people, and I, and I do believe that it, it it definitely requires some reciprocity and shit, even from me at times. You know what I mean? I try to, you know, as much as some people will be like, "Yo, tell me which conversation or which type of you know whatever outrage or when people think I've done something wrong, or even if people want to have an inclusive conversation with me, do I just run? When y'all tell me when? I could do it, but you know how many times I get on like again, this is not about an interview. People are gonna take it as that, but. I get on a clubhouse and, and, and people say, why do you do that? And I say, you got to face the music. You got to face the people. If you're affecting the culture and you're still within this shit, you got to be interactive somehow. You don't got to be on everybody's platform. And by the way, you don't even got to like act. You don't got to come on my shit. But there's many other platforms that would definitely well served to have all these gentlemen and all these 
guys who were seeing this 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 kind of um it, it just feels like distance because I don't know like this whole just dropping an album and disappearing shit like where has Kendrick been? I know he's been on tour. Not saying you got to go do an interview and explain the fucking album, but yo, just nothing. It's just nothing. It's like emptiness. It's like a disconnect again. We are kind of disconnected with these artists. They barely drop at this point. They don't talk. We don't know who they are. We don't even know what they do. We don't even know where they at. And that's maybe my gripe. All right. Um. Yeah, this feels good. This feels good. I want to be able to just get on here, talk my shit. I bought gin. Wow. I was trying to buy some vodka, and I bought gin. I hate gin. Gin is like the worst. Gin is like the worst. When I think of gin, I think of ill. I just think of like an old dude with gray beer by himself at the bar, guzzling the shit down. Ah, just not my cup of tea, but I bought the wrong thing. Anyway, bunch of other things going on, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys seen it. I talked about it everywhere else. I might as well talk about it here, right? You know, they jumped my best friend. Yep. Takashi 69 called a brutal beatdown. Okay. Um, apparently some Latin Kings and, and I'm not too sure why, you know, I, Some guys who identify themselves as Latin Kings. Let me say that more than saying some Latin Kings because I think people in their hatred for 6ix9ine want to just believe this is just a gang-related, yo, you snitched, so we're beating you down. Granted, the guys who he got beat down by, these guys got gray hairs. One of them has a knee brace. Like, yo, apparently, and by the way, you know, I've spoken to him since. He sent me the footage of the whole thing. They were beating his ass so long, they said one of the motherfuckers took a water break. Like, one of them went out, like, to the water fountain, hit the shit, drank up a little bit, you know what I mean? Burped, came back, kept stomping him out. Apparently, it was a 30-minute beatdown. Now, if you ask me, man, I don't really think that shit was really about anything um, that was either gang— well, let me not say gang-related. I don't believe that it was payback, retribution, get-back, or anything of the sort— uh, for what happened with Treyway. You know, I think people, you know, uh, in the last, like, two or three years, as snitching has been, like, you know, um, pretty much, it, it's kind of, like, been not only popularized, but it's now the clearest we've ever seen to, to realize it's not as taboo as we think. A lot of people are doing it. When 6ix9ine told it was like, wow, this is like the only guy would do it. We we knew a few other famous snitches, but we didn't know it was this rampant. Um, ever since those two years, uh, people have kind of seen and wondered like, yo, is is the saying true? Does stitches or snitches get stitches? Now, I've just told y'all just in reality, I mean, like, you know, most gangs operating in the United States, they're not the cartel. Right. They might think they have cartel ideals, but they're not the cartel. Also, their resources are limited. So six, nine moved out of Brooklyn. OK, cool. Y'all won. You know what I mean? Like I've always said, it, like sometimes the solving the problem of you got some niggas who either keep robbing you, beating you up, shooting at you. 
you move five blocks to the left or to the right, them fools can't find you, okay? You know what I mean? You move on the other side of town, their bus pass don't work, okay? You move to another state, they can't get on a plane. Definitely not a train or a Greyhound. So, again, it, it takes motivation. It takes real motivation to, yo, we're going to go make a 16-hour drive down to Florida to go catch 6 9 You're not going to, you know what I mean? So, again, also people don't even have those resources. And, and, and we just haven't seen it really consistently um, through most of these whatever gangs we're talking about in the United States, especially if they're not bringing in no income, right, that they're doing some elaborate pilgrimages and, and plots to, like, hurt somebody. So I think people were thinking about that when it came to Treyway, right? And people were thinking, well, if he doesn't do something, if we were li supposed to listen to the rappers, the rappers said, well, we're going to do something, Right. So we have the Meek Mills of the world and these other guys who, again, I don't even think they necessarily have a problem with 6ix9ine, even though 6ix9ine did troll him. I don't even think Meek and 6ix9ine really ever had a problem. To be honest, they even actually met face-to-face -face one time. You know what I mean? Shadi introduced them. Made in America. But people like Meek and the likes of, they were like, well, because he's a snitch, he has now like made what we got going on. We look like we pussy. And because we look like we pussy in the sense of, you know, we would look more gangster if we outrage against him or if we act like we'll enforce the streets when it comes to him. Now, you know, it's rappers, right? You know what I mean? I'm not saying these guys who are gangster rappers ain't gangster, but at a point you become a businessman. You're going around the country. Um, you got assistance managers, um, po uh, um, police that do security for you. You have... Uh, uh, agencies, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Like, there's nobody just kicking it on the block, right? Also, you start thinking about some real shit. Yo, you get you get caught, you get a pistol charge now. Shit, that might prevent you from going to Canada or something like that. People start thinking about real stuff. Yet, you know, the fans are amazed by the low level bullshit. So the fans have been just watching, and you hear rappers say, "Yo, when I see him or here, he lucky this and third." People say they're gonna make an example out of him. So people waited and they waited and they waited. And three years after he got released from house arrest, I think people kind of came to the conclusion there ain't nothing going to be done, right? Uh, until essentially this particular day. And by the way, he got swung on one, one time before, but he went to this gym. He was alone. Uh, three dudes jumped him. If you ask me, and, and you know, just being all the way honest, you know, I, I believe whatever this altercation was, 6 9 was talking shit to them. They were talking shit to him. Do they have some incentive, more incentive to try to beat him down because he's a snitch? Yeah. But they jumped him. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Is it an L form? Yeah. <laughs> like, is he fortunate to have lived? Yeah. Now, uh, one of the reasons I you're probably saying, how do you know this? Did he tell you? Nah, he ain't saying nothing to me about it. We're going to talk about it in depth like that yet. But the reason why I do think that there was some provocation on his side because while they're beating him down, he's throwing down their set. So I don't know if this had something to do with gangs. Some people say it was something about Puerto Ricans versus Mexico. I don't know what it got to do with. But I do know 6 9 is a very disrespectful motherfucker, okay? And him getting jumped and getting his ass beat, number one, it ain't going to kill his spirit. Um, if anything, I know he's going to talk more shit. But also, I don't think this is the time to, like, just cry full tears for 6 9 You know what I mean? Um, I don't think he's looking for sympathy. And one thing he's always told me, he don't look for sympathy. He look for the same energy in the same sense of, all right, he got beat up, right? And everybody's posting about it all happy. They, they, you know what I mean? People might be posting pictures of his face like, yo, look at him, he's bleeding. He, You know what he's going to do when somebody gets hurt or 
when he has a picture of a corpse or some shit like that, that of somebody he don't like, he going to keep posting that too. So again, it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, I've always told people that 6ix9ine is stupid, but he's definitely not pussy. And what I mean by that is, I 100% believe him when he's saying the interview, in an interview with me or he just says publicly that the only way you got to show him is to kill him. And obviously this is something that it would be the worst thing to ever happen. And nobody would ever want that to wish that to be the case. But the way he moves is like there is no humbling for him. And, you know, one thing I will say is that he, he is a man making his own decisions. If you're asking me to give him advice, I would say, dog, move a little safer. Bro, you should have security with you everywhere. Um, you know, you still talk a lot of shit. You got to learn how to make sure these things don't happen. I think he looks at this differently. Well, nigga, this is part of what being still out there or outside is. Yeah, I got jumped, but I beat niggas up before too. You know what I mean? So, again, unfortunately, I don't think this this incident taught him anything, but I do pray for him. Um, I'm glad that there was nothing too crazy in terms of injuries um, that happened to him. But this is definitely a wake-up call if you ask me. 100% a full-on Wake up call, right? Uh, yeah, he's in Cuba, by the way. I think he's trying to link with Tupac or something like that. It's kind of crazy, ain't it? By the way, I I, I do want to salute to my man, Famous Dex. You know, me and Famous Dex have gotten into it many times. Usually, the great relationship I have with people, you usually get into it from time to time. Um, essentially, he posted, and let me see if I can find it. He posted, you know, he's been in and out of rehab. He's been having a, you know, um, having his stint and his battle with, you know, uh, substance abuse. And I think we've all just prayed for him. Uh, he posted that he signed to 300 records for $5.6 million. He says God is good and God is amazing. All right. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't believe this. Okay. And, you know, I'm not saying this to shit on him. What I do believe, because I see a lot of people have been asking, like, yo, why is he capping about this? Yo, is this true? Uh, I believe this might just be a new deal that may be rich forever in terms of Rich Decay to him and Jake Rich that they have collectively signed. Uh, but do I believe that Famous Dex is getting $5.6 million by himself? Hell no. Like, we also got to start getting... Um, we got to start getting realistic with how the music business work in these days. Like it's been very transparent and you could see who's getting one and who's not getting one. When I mean transparent, you could kind of almost guess. You don't even have to see it. And transparent in the sense of 5.6 million is a lot, but it's not a lot if you're getting certain type of traction, right? Like if you ask me, um, like Glorilla could get a $5.6 million deal. Did she sign for 5.6? No. But she could get that right now with her current hotness. Like, so if you think about like that, she could get a deal for that three albums, right? Usually they want to do five, but she got a little leverage. Let's say she says three with an option, right? You could do that 5.6. By the way, also, here's the thing about money, what I've also realized. And I'm wondering when this is going to start. And I guess this is the bigger topic I want to talk about. When are non-labels going to capitalize off the fact that labels are still unilaterally only trying to sell music. 
I think these days when somebody is popular, their popularity, their name, their brand almost becomes more more important. For, for like I won't say for the most part, for a lot of artists than the actual art. And and I, and I guess I'm trying to get to this point, right? The music business, they're signing you to, to sell music, but music ain't selling like how it used to, especially for a lot of artists. So why would you even really invest um, as much as you do if the return is becoming less and less? So this is my new thing. I don't know if you guys have seen, like, you know, uh, there's these, a lot of these platforms. They're paying people to either come stream there or, you know, like, for example, like, say, Stake.com. Stake, Stake is a... Uh, gambling company and they have paid streamers like people just with a brand who could bring eyes and ears to their situation obviously they do gambling they're paying streamers i know of a streamer who was getting over seven million dollars a month just to gamble on stream now granted this is a very popular person but i started thinking about this whole thing and i said well what about if stake the gambling website who basically just needs brands of people who are influential to get eyes on their product because remember music ain't really selling right however shit if you could convert you know people watching into into i'm not saying gambling is good gambling customers or anything else why don't people do that like for example like you know if, if i'm stake i would try to sign these guys in a record deal i don't even care if your record sells yeah, if your record sells, whoop de doo But I'll just give you a check just to everything you do is going to be brand placement. We're going to have our brand all the way in the back of everything you do. I mean, they do it with the UFC. You ever watch the UFC? There's like 50 sponsors all over the place. They do it with, with, with the NBA. You see like on the NBA like jerseys and sponsors everywhere. I'm thinking these days, yo, it's a bad business to sign um, the majority of rappers just only to profit on their music. If if I'm a brand nowadays, and again, a gambling company makes sense, any lifestyle brand, we're like, by them repping you, you get to convert the people watching them into possibly paying customers. I would almost treat music like an ancillary business. We sound like a famous Dex, yo, go crazy, go viral, do all that type of stuff, but you got to rep this brand every day. And when you rep this brand, it's like you're Nike with the sneakers. Imagine if Nike was signing basketball players to their own team. And they're like, oh, we don't give a fuck if you win the championship. Just stay popular and keep dropping 40. So I kind of see that angle with, like, you know, um, music possibly coming in. The reason why I'm even bringing that up is because there's more and more money that brands are having. And the record labels are kind of getting a little bit tighter with money especially when they can't see the the, the, re the return on their investment when it comes to music. And for the most part, they only have these contracts where they could only benefit off music. Imagine if a brand says, hey, listen, we just want you to rep the brand. We, um, we, we'll still do a license. We, do, we license your music and we don't own the rights. You own the rights, but we have some profit participation on it and we're going to fund the whole thing, Right. They're getting their money back usually through the marketing part of whatever their main business is, right? Whether selling shoes, gambling, whatever the case is. And if the motherfucker pops off doing some music shit, that's an added bonus. And if they do lose, like, bro, you just write it off. It's, you know what I mean? It's a tax write-off. Fuck it. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking that these things are happening. I'll give you another. Uh, um, you know who tried this? 
billionaire Alki David tried this. He, you know, he's a very he's an innovator and a billionaire um, that had many different technologies and companies that were kind of ancillary to like the music entertainment business. He signed Chief Keith, gave Chief Keith a lump sum of money. He said, "Yo, you're signed to me." Now uh, he was down to put out music and third, but I, I would have imagined that he wasn't just trying to get in the music business and trying to make a shit ton of money off music. I I almost feel like he was trying to just get Chief Keith to rep his brand and his products or whatever he had going on to possibly get his return on investment there. Chief Keith at the time was like one of the most influential, most popular motherfuckers in the game. I would have, have to imagine that's what, what would have to be the thing. I don't know. We'll see, though. But, but I don't believe this. I think it's Cap. Fucking Cap. But salute to Famous Dex, man. You know, some people, you know, uh, you know. I, I wish well for him. Only time I realize that Famous Dex is, is kind of on the road to recovery is, is, is once, he, you know what I mean, he takes a picture and you don't see that white froth right here. There's, there's usually a caked up, like, you know what I mean, look like some Colombian cocaine just stuck right to the corner of the mouth. I don't know what it is. It looked like baking soda, flour, all that combined. When you don't see that, usually it's mean it's clean. And, and I think rehab has probably helped him, even though I don't even, I'm not too sure if some of these rehab stints have been involuntary or not. But regardless, you know, he's on the road to recovery, and I'm rooting for my boy, okay? All right, man. So I like, I like this groove right here. I get to just chill, talk about a bunch of shit. Uh... Let me see. I don't even know if I'll address this outside of this podcast, but but, but I'll indulge him. So my boy Soldier Boy um, got very upset, and he's upset because you know there was an Instagram page. I was in Miami for spring break. He's a New Jersey page, and um, they were asking women who weren't even really New Jersey residents, but they were asking women like, "Yo." You know the infamous question of would you rather a hundred dollars, uh, uh, well, a million dollars, or have dinner with Jay Z? Now it's a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, what type of motherfucking caviar could you have with Jay Z that would be worth the same? So a lot of people used to make fun of that question and say, "What the fuck?" Of course, we're gonna pick the million dollars. But they've kind of refined that question to be, "What about other people?" So they they flipped this question into, "Yo, would you rather?" Have dinner with Big Draco, a.k.a. Soldier Boy, or have $250 in food stamps? Here's the question. Or dinner with Soldier Boy. Food stamps. Food stamps? What the fuck? Wait, 250 food stamps. Wait, I, I got to make it. Or dinner with Soldier Boy. Food stamps. Food stamps? What the fuck? 250 food stamps. 250 food stamps. I'ma pick the food stamps only because Soldier Boy's not nobody. I could have dinner by myself. Food stamps. The food stamps. Food stamps. I don't give a fuck about that corny ass nigga. Yeah, food stamps or dinner with Soldier Boy. Food stamps. Okay. Now Soldier Boy wasn't that happy. He went off. This was his response. Suck my dick. Y'all niggas ain't gonna never make it out the hood, nigga. Y'all niggas gonna die broke, nigga. I wanna have dinner with y'all pussy A's and fisty hoes anyway. I would not have dinner with no broke ass bitch in New Jersey anyway. 
I would not have dinner with no crackhead ass looking hoes anyway. Y'all bitches could not be in the same room with me. Y'all bitches gonna die in the hood. Y'all gonna die broke. Y'all ain't gonna never touch a million dollars. Y'all ain't gonna never touch 30 million. Y'all ain't gonna never touch 100K in a day. You gonna die broke. You, you lived your whole life broke. You ain't shit. You ain't gonna never be shit, nigga. Suck my dick, nigga. Fuck you talking about, nigga. Fuck New Jersey, nigga. Okay, then. Now... Soldier Boy wasn't that fond of those comments. Understandably why. Anyway, it went off on New Jersey. Happened to not even be New Jersey woman in that clip, even though it was a New Jersey platform. Um, nevertheless, Soldier Boy went on a rant afterwards. You know, uh, he had a whole issue with uh, all the media pages that posted, posted this. Soldier Boy goes off on Adam 22. Say cheese. Even went off on me. And um, let, let me see if I could play what he said. No, it's, he, yo, he's done this so many times. He's done this so many times. That him doing this so many times, there's like 15 other videos of him saying the same shit. Okay, let me see. Is this it? Yeah. World star, we smoking Q in a backwood. Fuck you. That's one of the reasons why I think Soldier Boy be tripping sometimes. You're gonna hear him eventually go in and, and disrespect me, but let me tell you this: uh, you know, me and Soldier Boy, we had our very famous back and forth. You know, it was never ending. This and the third, but I realized Soldier Boy is like, you can't even take Soldier too serious in a way, like. Soldier will diss you today, love you tomorrow. He's probably a little bipolar. And also, he's just one of them. He's like one of those like cousins that got a little issue that you just be like, that's Soldier. That's Soldier. Because a lot of people have been saying, Yo, I turn up on him. But that's Soldier, bro. That, that That's Soldier. Like, we all know, yo, it's been seven summers straight. Or not seven summers, seven years straight. That as soon as um, November to January or February comes, Soldier Boy is beefing with everybody. I mean, two months ago, he was trying to beef with Boosie. It's crazy how Soldier Boy would talk about how people like um, talking about him or disrespecting him. But Soldier Boy is almost the king of the turn up behind the camera thing, even more than me. You talking about DJ Vlad, you a bitch. Niggas gonna beat your motherfucking ass, nigga. New Jersey, fuck y'all. Get out my dick, nigga. Y'all niggas some bitches, nigga. Y'all nigga pussy, nigga. Now, here's another thing, too. And y'all can give me all the flack y'all want for this, because after you've seen the same person do the same trick, you don't get, the trick doesn't amaze you. It, it the, what you know is what the result's gonna be So he did this whole thing And he pretty much dropped the song I'll play a little bit more of it Fuck wrong with y'all I don't know y'all niggas Y'all and thank y'all for the free promo You know what I'm saying Album on the way Adam 22 Your new name is Adam 16 nigga Fuck wrong with you Why the fuck your name Adam 22 for nigga Your name is Adam 16 nigga Bitch ass boy. Fuck wrong with y'all niggas, boy. 
that's Adam 16. <laughs> All right. That's Adam 16. He, he, he keeps going and going and going. Um, you know, I didn't touch this on my stream, so I probably should do it on the podcast. Adam 22. People have been saying, act. I don't like you that you haven't been keeping the same energy for him. If you don't know, um, got to go way back. Adam 22. Way back in the day, I had Adam 22 on my stream to explain a few things. Uh, there was an old article of him talking about him flirting with a woman who happened to be 16 at the time. Allegedly, she had... Uh, told him and lied to him that she was 19. He claims that he stopped talking to her at that point. However, he started back talking. He met up with her when she was 19, had sex with her in later relationship. But then later on, that woman then details the whole encounter and her entire existence or dealing with um, um, Adam to be not as consensual as people might believe. Now, number one, there's a bunch of things that you got to uh, stop at. Some people are going to say, well, first of all, you're mad creepy and you're grooming if you are chilling with, talking to, flirting with, um, describing sexually a 16-year-old, even though he didn't act on it. Um, if you were lusting for her then and then magically met up with her when she was of age, you pretty much were grooming her. That's, that's kind of disgusting. That's creepy. Um, the grooming of kids to have sex with adults who, number one, could be using manipulation tactics to take advantage of these uh, um, young women, but also uh, it kind of shows a um, attraction to, uh, I won't say, it's definitely not pre-pubescent teens, but um, <clears throat> teens under 18, right? Anyway, uh, this is a story that was put out by um, Pitchfork, and... Um, this is what was said. I'm going to kind of read through it. Uh, it wasn't last week. This was like, this was years ago. When did they put this article out? 2018. It said, Adam, the founder of, of No Jumper, took to Twitter to issue a blanket denial that he ever had sex or physically assaulted any woman. So what happened was, is like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. <clears throat> or it's like the snowball effect. It started out with a creepy blog post he made. So he made a creepy blog post saying that pretty much, like, and I don't even want to describe it and even downplay it. Like, this shit was kind of weird. And he claims it was some type of humor, but he said never did anything. Then it's then from that, it snowballed into, you, know, you talk to a 16-year-old, it snowballed into, shit, you have been um, sexually abusive or you have had misconduct with women before. Now, yeah, l l let me try to... Let me try to get the, I wonder if I could get the blog post itself. This is the video that me and him did. Let me see, Adam22. Blog. It was like a, uh, let me see if I can find this shit. Yeah, so. I think one of the, the issues is that, like, you know, Adam had a blog, and I think he calls this humor, but, like, it's hard to digest when, you know, 
these are some of the things that are posted. San Diego part two, we beat up black people. Right? One day around 2 p.m., we went to a spot by the water downtown. Da, da, da. It was a chill. Da, da, da. We rode it for about six, uh, 20 minutes, mostly doing manual lines. At some point, we got into a conversation with these black dudes who were seated on whatever. whatever. Uh, yeah, there's actually an entire, there's an entire, like, web archive thing of this. Let me see if I could. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. I think this might be it. He says, listen, I might be many things, da, 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 but I'm not a rapist, right? He says, let's rewind the time in 2005. I'm living in Queens, playing poker, whatever, whatever. Before they, there existed a time, all right, whatever. Let, let me get to it. I met this girl named Jackie. She lived in New Jersey. She went to school in Manhattan. She was kind of cute. She was short, maybe 5'2", blah, blah, blah. I'm going to kind of skip through this a little bit. Oh, she was a hardcore, whatever, whatever, whatever. We. Ugh. What the fuck is this? We start messing around. I thought this was the girl that was underage and got overage. Then he fucked with her. We start messing around, kissing her, breast touching, da, da, da. Remember the night irritated patch on her hip from a belt buckle. She said she had an allergic reaction to metal and it wasn't a big deal. Oh, he thought he was a writer back in the day. Found myself wondering why she didn't get a belt buckle made out of something beside metal or a belt that like she was letting me touch her all over and I'm making out with me the whole time. But she but she didn't seem like she was really enjoying it that much. How much a woman enjoys sexual activity is usually not highly correlated to how much fun I'm having, though. <sighs> shit. Yeah, it's these, it's these type of shit right here. So I didn't give it much thought. So we started having sex. I, I strapped a condom on and put it on. I've had sex with girls with tight vaginas before, but this was different. It was the tightest vag I've ever known to man. It was like carved out of fucking stone. Put it in for maybe two minutes, and she seemed like she was kind of enjoying it. But still seemed kind of different. I slowed down and asked her, are you sure you want to be doing this? And she said, yeah. But she seemed like she wasn't into it. So I stopped and laid around, messing around for a while longer. No nut was blown. Walked into the train. Although it was kind of awkward, I didn't think it was a big deal. We hung out again a week later. I'm giving you more detail than you'll need to understand the story. But I want to make it complete. Which consisted of her taking a path train from Jersey, watching some movie with me, falling asleep in my bed for a while. She asked me what train to take to get home while I was sleeping, and I muttered, just take the R train towards the city. Forget, forgetting the R train wasn't running late at the time. She sat there waiting for the train for over an hour, realizing before realizing while I slept comfortable, comfortably owned. The final time we hung out, she came over to my place in the middle of the day on a weekend. We hung out, whatever, whatever. The time, this time, the sex was more official than the first time, and she seemed more into it. Ejaculate was produced. His writing is weird. She had to go after that, so I walked her to the train. We continued to talk over the next course of months. At some point, she began dating a dude, blah, blah, whatever. Okay, I'm trying to, like, you know, react to the... Fast forward, a few months later, I was hanging with another girl named Katie who knew her or knew Lumberg. 
mentioned that apparently she had some problem with me and said that she would talk to him and find out why. She asked him. He said that Jackie told him that I dashed her. Apparently, she had told a lot of other people about this, too. Lumberg had stopped dating her and told Katie he felt bad about threatening me. And after getting to know Jackie, no longer believed her, I decided to confront this girl head on. Whereas on as as head on as you can confront someone on the internet <clears throat> by posting a thread on B9 entitled infamously whatever whatever. I probably should have mentioned this earlier. Duh, duh, duh. I basically had my whole position in that, which was that her and I had a consensual and there was no that took place. I asked her what reason she could have possibly had for making such a harmful accusation. Was she trying to impress her boyfriend? Did she feel guilty about having what she have considered promise, uh, promiscuous sex with me. I wanted to know. Of course, the whole board exploded since her and I was well-known posters at the time. Everyone wanted to hear a side of the story and page racked up quickly. I think around page 20, she finally entered the thread, posted her first side, which is entirely fabricated and culminated with a quote, something like, you can make all the jokes about this all you want, but you don't know what it's like to have a guy as big as Adam on top of you refusing to take no for an answer. My mind was blown. I rethought the times we had hung out over and over. Was there something I missed that I somehow, da, 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 without knowing? Obviously, that's impossible. But her story about the supposed thing was so in-depth that it had me second-guessing my action, trying to figure out if there was any time where I did anything with her that could be misconstrued as inappropriate in any context. Aside from my own confidence in my own innocence, I had a few things on my side. Everyone on the board was rallying behind me anyway because I was real-life friends with them. I started a thread. If I did it, I wouldn't have probably wanted to draw attention to the rumor she had started. Testimony from at least three girls who posted on the board who all had intercourse with me that I hadn't done anything appropriate in my time hanging out with them. Numerous male posters who had dealt with Jackie in the past claiming she was a pathological liar and constantly made things up for attention or otherwise. A few mentioned stories of her accusing other guys of doing that. Links were posted. Oh, shit. This is deep. Okay. Repeatedly requested that Jackie report to the nearest police station and report that I, that, that, that belonged in jail, right? Of course, many rapes go unreported, and I was confident enough in my innocence to repeatedly request that she report me, which may have made me seem more credible. My roommate at the time had been home on both occasions. We had sex, and his room was located adjacent to mine. He posted, stating he could attest to there being no noises that would indicate non consensual occurred ultimately nobody took her side even her real life friends seemed unwilling to vouch for her sanity she had previously been a frequent post on the board never posted again many people have told me that they have seen her at shows in the area but i personally haven't ran into her although i'm not too sure i'm not sure i would know what to say to her if i did see her after all these years anyway for most men being falsely accused of is a horrible experience that could ruin reputation cost thousands in legal fees and may land in jail but for me I would have said it was overall a very positive experience. What the fuck? Hell to the nugga. He said for him it was a positive experience. Fun side note. After the supposed things took place, she became a Red Bull girl and I saw pictures on Edwin, Vinny, and Lil Jeff's MySpaces of them partying with her at the Red Bull Street Contest in Jersey a few years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have been asking me about this, this whole Adam thing. And by the way, sorry, I just had, you know, I didn't want to just 
stop reading it. They'll be like, yo, you're protecting something. Um, I, I just don't know the truth about anything when it comes to, like, uh, um, Adam. I, I, if you're asking me what I believe, he told a story, and there's no one actively denying the story. Uh, there was a pitchfork uh, story that 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 a woman was was actually denying some of what he said. But honestly, we don't really have much to go on. These are all just rehashed stories. We're not, we're not getting any new developments about what happened. And listen, I'm not like an Adam 22 defender, nothing like that. And by the way, again, if people care about this, go look into it. Go find these young women. Go go talk to them. Go see what their position is now. Get a clear understanding of what happened. Right? Adam is saying he didn't do anything wrong. Now, I ain't going to lie. There's some creepy behavior, 100%. Creepy behavior where if you're talking to a 16-year-old, even though he claims he never knew she was 16, you know, bro, you shouldn't even, like, you, you got to cut that whole whole situation, like, off. You can't be trying to hang out with them afterwards. You know what I mean? So, Again, I know Adam's going through it with everything and no jumper. I'm just not the person that that feels like, oh, I think we might have him. Let's go for the kill shot here, and let me just go on some weird tangent just to try to, you know what I mean, like shoot him dead type shit. So, again, I hope to have Adam on my platform to uh, not necessarily saying address these things, but it's kind of address everything. Like, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things about him. A lot of people saying that he's just a bad guy, whether it's these type of things or it's just dealing with friends or people think it's managing a company or people think it's exploiting them or, or whatever the case is. So, again, I've communicated with him. I told him, yo, chill out for a little bit, man. I think you should lay low um, because no, no one wants to hear. When people are piling on and when the mob shows up, no one wants to hear a conversation of reason and in those moments sometimes you just gotta take the l and then sometimes come back later when people are are a little bit less emotionally invested and then have the conversation so again don't don't make this seem like i'm over here taking his side or anything like that but again i'm reading and consuming the information just like you guys this is a story he clearly wrote about he said he was falsely accused and false accusations are a real and serious thing just because we've seen it happen to a bunch of people as well. Look at what happened to Lil Mosey. Yo, I'm trying to get Lil Mosey like to come do this podcast, and 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 yo, Lil Mosey like perhaps have lost like his career over being accused over some stuff. Why? Yo, he had to probably pool all his money, resources together to hire lawyers, put up a legal defense, and it actually went to court. He had to go sit there, and I don't know if he took the stand or not, but. He had to go defend and fight for his life. He was facing a life imprisonment. And at the end of it, all they do is give him a pat on the back and be like, yo, your bank account's now drained, but you got your freedom. Go get your career back and your life back. Put things back together. Put the pieces back together. That's fucked up. So again, you know, unless we see something more than that, like if the dude is saying, at least in this one instance, I can't, I can't just blankly speak for him. If, if in this one case that we've read, and I randomly just, like, I, I knew he had, like, a blog spot or some shit like that. So, I guess it's called surfingbeans.com or whatever. Like, clearly, people have uh, seen him write about a bunch of stuff. I'm only talking about this one article that randomly popped up when I just looked at it. Bro, what do you want me to do? Who do y'all want me to do? So, yeah, you know, obviously, the whole thing that happened with No Jumper is still kind of spiraling. But, uh... 
we do still got to go on facts and shit like that. Uh, yo. Oh, shit. I got to talk about this shit. One of the stupid things I think is happening these days is, and I love what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter. But apparently, Twitter claims they're ending their verification system on April 1st. Okay? And what does this mean? I'll try to help you explain or help you understand. They put out, they said on April 1st, we'll be winding down our legacy verified program and removing legacy verified check marks. To keep your blue check mark, you could sign up for Twitter Blue. Now, Twitter Blue is this thing that Elon bought a company for $43 billion. I know because I was a shareholder. And when he bought it, we all cashed out at like $53 per share. You know what I mean? And I was like, yes, because Twitter stock was down to $30 a share one time. And when Elon bought it, valued at $43 billion, we all got cashed out for 53 a share or 52 whatever the case is. So uh, he bought this company completely overvalued. There was a bunch of bots and all other things. People have been leaving the platform, right? Donald Trump is banned. You know, his supporters have gone over to Truth Social or whatever. But he got this platform, and now he's realizing, how the fuck do we make money, right? Now, he doesn't want the, 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 the company to be mad woke. Here's the thing. A lot of advertisers want to run ads on only woke shit. So if he's trying to have complete autonomy over a company now privately owns and he's trying to say, no, we're not going to just allow this and not allow this. I'm going to run it this way. Advertisers are backing up. And also he's not realizing about the overhead. It costs a lot to keep Twitter going. He had to fire a shit ton of people. He's trying to downsize. He's trying to be more efficient. But then now we got to think about how do you generate revenue? So he came up with this thing called Twitter Blue. You know niggas love them some blue checks. Let these motherfuckers actually pay for blue checks. And if they could pay a subscription fee, which these days everything's about a subscription fee, right? If you like something enough, you'll probably subscribe, right? If you use it enough, you think it's giving enough value, you probably see some benefit in subscribing or being a paid user or whatever of it. So they introduced this. You could buy a blue check uh, called Twitter Blue, uh, which supposedly is also supposed to verify your identity. But come on, niggas just want to check, right? They introduced it. Now, I have no problem with them trying to make money this way. I guess what I what I kind of also I'm looking at because this is the odd part of everything. Them trying to remove the verification badge of other people who are in this legacy program, including myself. All it does is now encourage people to impersonate people more, put out fake news. Like, again, of course, I am glad that I'm verified on platforms, but. People have hacked my account and put out fake news. They reported people died and people believed it for a second. And, and that could do just on like, like innumerable amounts of damages. So, you know what I mean? Again, you still have to identify the people who either have a big platform or they are, they're celebrities. Because if you have a lot of people going to them or want to see what they, they're saying or what they're thinking about certain situations... And they're searching for something, and then you're going to you – know, they've announced even to the point where they said they're going to start shadow banning. They're going to start like – not shadow banning, but they're only going to promote the tweets of the people who are paying. So it's a pay-for-play system. And, and that's the problem with most companies. It all becomes pay-for-play. 
right? I think social media companies for a while have been saying, yo, we are giving all these motherfuckers a chance to build brands on our platform. We're getting nothing from it. You know what they've done behind the scenes? Limit your reach. Before you'd be able to send out a tweet or Instagram post, you get like half of your followers would see it. Now, 5%. You know what they tell you? You want more people to see it from your follower base? Pay. This is the most aggressive thing possible because they're telling you, hey, listen, ain't no way you could go viral or ain't no way people could see um, you on a recommended page if you're not paying, which, again, gets your money because everybody is getting their money. But you start to worry about this when people are impersonating, whether it's like sports, a lot of people impersonate Wojanowski, whatever his name is. People impersonate me in music. People impersonate other rappers. People impersonate, you know what I mean, we're leaders. Like, so where do you like actually point out to people that, you know, Twitter is still an information hub. Hey, this information is probably a little bit more verified than the information you're getting from another page because this information is coming from this entity or this organization. And I know they have this gold check thing, but come on now. Like, it has to, it, they haven't announced that everybody who had legacy blue checks will get gold checks. They haven't said that yet. So we're going to figure out what happens. And this is why we're in the Wild Wild West, people. Okay? We're in the Wild Wild fucking West. So, I don't know. Um, also I was watching the, the TikTok. Yeah, I'm, I'm so like, I'm like a geek and a nerd outside of just rap news and gossip and bullshit. I'm watching the TikTok uh, CEO. He's on a stand in front of Congress. This dude is good. They get a guy from like Singapore. He, he, English is like his fourth language, but he's American enough. And I think he lives in America. He's an American citizen. And this guy is just there spinning. And basically Everything he told Congress was that, yo, y'all ain't going to stop our money and y'all won't stop China. And I'm wondering, will TikTok ever really get banned, dog? Like, come on. Like, I feel like our government is too pussy. If Trump get back in office, he's writing like a fucking executive order. He's getting TikTok out of here. But I could tell Biden, they just be a capping. You know what I mean? Like, they just want. They just want a false promise to say, oh, no, the Chinese government can't look at the U.S. TikTok people's information and locations and access their pictures and GP. No, no, they can't do that. Even if they could, I think that's all they want. And I, just, I wish Biden was just kind of like, man, put your foot down finally, man. Like, do something. Like, be a president. Have an opinion. I, that's my pet peeve in life. I hate people without opinions. You have no fucking opinion on everything. You can see both sides, but where do you feel? Oh, you want to piss nobody off? You want to be liked by this person, that person? The per the person, like, you know, the person who wants to be liked by everybody usually becomes hated by everybody. Because if you don't pick a side and you try to ride the fence, when we're shooting at each other, we both shooting you. Just think about that, all right? Anyway, I'm going to end this rant here today. Um, I get into a few more things tomorrow and a couple more other days, but I appreciate y'all, man. Tell me what you think about this podcast with this episode and just how I've been thinking about podcasts in general, man. Like you just want to hear me just sit here and just give you my most inner thoughts and kind of just build out on those things. Or do you just want me to have conversations with maybe interesting people? I like that too, but I want to give you more content and I give you more content just by, 
shooting from the hip, man. All right. Anyway, thank you guys. You guys have been great. Uh, make sure you guys rate this podcast five stars. Also, there's usually a and a if you're watching this on like the, the app version. You could give your feedback there. I could actually read it and see what you guys actually think. Uh, if not, hit me on the social media at I'm Academics or elsewhere. You know how to find your boy by this point, man. Love you guys, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.